Julie. Hey, Julie. Oh my God, Danielle. So much to talk about. Very little of it. Actually, Big Brother. Yes. We're just going to dive in. It's going to be a huge episode. First and foremost, Danielle, you personally brought down a $2 billion media company. How does it feel? Well, let me just be clear because we all know how um, lawyer happy Quibi is. I oh. did not actually bring it down. <laughs> oh, sorry. It was brought down by its own stupidity. Oh, um, yes. But yeah, am I happy? Yes. Do I think this is a good thing for humankind? Yes. I mean, and I'm mostly happy because of my personal vendetta against Quibi. Yes. And I don't mean to make this, I don't mean to make this comparison, but it's the only one that's in my mind right now. It's like when the Boston Herald in Spotlight, Spotlight, where they brought down the Catholic Church, they didn't bring them yeah. down. The Catholic Church brought down exactly. itself by doing yeah. very bad things. You're just Mark Ruffalo. You're just, uh, you I'm know. I'm just there to report on the details. You're just Mark Ruffalo in there, I'm you know, kidding. shouting and. Yeah, I'm given a very objective view. It's yeah. not my fault that it's a very bad idea. But yes, Quibi is dead. I mean, I don't know when they actually like close up shop, but I guess it is. It does sort of go to show like, don't mess with me. Yeah, and uh, I will. there's one person in this world who should also know that it's Miss Christmas Abbott. Yeah, so let's, we're again, huge episode today. We have both watched the new Aaron Sorkin film. We'll get to that <laughs> later. It's been a massive week uh, in regards to some trailers, some holiday season oh trailers <laughs> we're going to talk about. Uh, probably forgetting something else, but we're going to talk about it all later. We're going to do Big Brother first. This is the yes. podcast for BB Casuals by BB Casuals. How many episodes did you watch this week, Danielle? I, of course, watched one. Oh, same. Thursday yeah. night. All <laughs> yeah, right. Sorry. So, yeah, let's say goodbye to Christmas, Abbott. But first, let's say hello to a sultry uh, a sultry piece of evening wear mm. from D from Julie Chen Muthas. <laughs> <laughs> that was me throwing I it was, to you. I was sort of wondering, like, wait, who wore sultry? Oh, okay. Yes. Julie was in a black, it was reminiscent of a negligee. It was oh, yeah. <laughs> black, lacy, and um, appropriately tight, I would say. We did have a, a viewer and listener comment that we should comment on her six necklaces. Six is a significant amount of necklaces to wear um, in your in the numerology is like the numerology of it. Like it's she's trying to summon the devil or something like it's that. A heavy, it's, a, it's just a heavy load. Heavy is the, is the head that wears six necklaces. I honestly Maybe didn't even notice the necklaces. Well, it was a significant amount. I'm quite sure a lot of it was our classic cross crucifixes warding off evil. Some might say knowing that she was going to be Christmas that night. It is spooky season. It's spooky season. Um, maybe she's fighting other demons, the demons in her own closet, being married to a notoriously horrible person. Yeah, spotlight. The hair, sleek, fine. The shoes, why even mention? Boring. This look was a knot. Oh, you know what? You can't really go wrong in my book with a black dress. It was kind of like sheer, like a little, like a little bit, a little bit of some, I, I can't, as we all know, I can't describe 
fashion <laughs> as well. So like the jeans it's, were blue and uh, <laughs> they were good. I'm going to give it a light hot. Wow. Well, it was just, yeah, you can't really go wrong with a little black dress or an LBD, as some might call it. Oh, really? But, Is that a thing? Yeah. Like you're just texting the gals, what are you wearing tonight? Oh, just LBD. LBD weather, LBD night. Okay. Yeah. Um, but it's just like we're leading up to the finale here. Like, let's bring out some big guns. What do you got in that closet, Julie, besides skeletons? Let's see. Is Julie going to – so the finale is next, like, Wednesday or Thursday night. Mm-hmm. Uh, Halloween is, is, I believe, Saturday this year. Uh, yes. I don't know about when it occurs in in uh, Canada, but is she going to dress up for wow, the finale? Is she going to dress that. up as, like, the lead of Star Trek Discovery? <laughs> I would absolutely love that. She dresses up as Johnny Picard. Um, but, of course, like, we don't get anything fun. No, that won't happen. <laughs> No, can't we don't get anything so fun. Late. I can't. I can't believe it's almost Halloween and this show is still on. I know it's like, like it, you know, the sun is going down earlier and coming up later. It's like you know, at least in Los Angeles, it's been pretty gloomy out and dark, and I, which I love. I, I would yeah. imagine up in up in Toronto, you guys are only getting two hours of sunlight a day at this point. <laughs> so this in the year, very- it feels weird. Yeah, it's it's definitely very dark, but we are having unseasonably warm weather today. So oh. I'm gonna treat myself to a margarita after this. Oh. <laughs> but before we get to that, let's talk about this episode a little bit. Yes. Enzo makes a classic blunder in this episode. <laughs> I mean, if there's anything you want to discuss before this, go ahead. But talking as really- if Christmas isn't there. Exactly. Saying like, we got the final three right here. And Christmas is like, what? The final three? And she brings it up. She goes and cries in her room. She she gives a, a diary room session about how she's really, she doesn't trust Enzo anymore. And she's got to really bring it. She's not giving up yet. Meanwhile, I think it's Enzo who gives the diary room session. He's like, well, I didn't mean to mess up, but I really forgot that Christmas was in the house. Which is so weird because they're all so afraid of Christmas and she doesn't stop talking ever about her like various like apps and and workout regimes and stuff. It's also super weird because there's only four of them left. How do you forget when there's four? I understand forgetting people when it's like there's 12 and you're like, who the hell is who? But you I forgot all... about the cast when they were showing the like the America's vote thing. I was yeah. like, oh, yeah, Nicole Anthony was on this season. I completely forgot God. she was on this season. This has been the worst season. But um, so we get that. That's like that was their sort of Hail Mary. The producers like last grasp at some sort of drama. And it <laughs> flops. I mean. Did Enzo make a mistake? Like, did it really matter? Like, Christmas no, was going matter. home. Yeah. Christmas was going, like, after Cody won, Christmas was going home. And, like, yeah. Did he make a mistake in that, like, she's probably not going to vote for him to win the game? She probably wasn't going to vote for him to win the game either. Like, but also, yeah. look who he's up against. Yeah. Is she going to vote for Enzo now? Is she going to vote for Nicole now? I Probably. Who knows? I think they all have a shot at her vote. I, I mean, I mean, Christmas was wrong in that. I mean, he could certainly get third place, but 
he if he wins, he's going to take Cody, and if Cody wins, he's probably going to take Enzo, right? Because as I don't think Co- Cody would take Nicole to the final two. I mean, we you can don't get think there. so? I think because, he absolutely will. I think he said something on this episode in in a diary room, which was that, "Hey, I played a very loyal game." Well, he's he here. Here's his thing. He's been very loyal to these people the entire time. So. In one way, he's going to uh, hurt that loyalty, I guess, in that he does have should he should he win the final HOH, he will have to evict one of them. Uh, he will be not being ultimate. He will be not ultimately loyal to the, the one person he evicts, but he will be loyal to the other person. He's had final twos with both of these people the entire time. So. I kind of forgot where the hell I was going on this, but yeah. like he can play the loyalty card, but I think he also, sorry to back it up. What he said was like, I played the loyalty card the first time around and I got second place. I think he realizes mm. ultimately that he would, that he would have a much harder shot versus Nicole. He still might beat Nicole outright, but it's like, it would be a lot closer election. I know it's also election season, but you yeah. maybe save that for, couple weeks from now good but, lord yeah i know i can't handle the stress so i think he understands that he would have a much better case against enzo yeah I, that's I, I, I see that and i hear you and i hear his diary room but i'm gonna like rewind my life for a bit back to when i wasn't a casual and oh i was a, <laughs> a hardcore BB fan. Oh my god rew- and, rewind um, us back 10 years and i could rewind. yeah exactly but <laughs> But I, like the diary rooms, you can't necessarily trust. Like yeah. they're trying to spin a narrative. So maybe he said that to give them something so that it wasn't like, of course I'm taking my girl Nicole. Like, duh, they're, they've been final two since day one. And they're like, just give us something, you know, like talk about how you made a mistake with the Derek, you know? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so that's my only issue there. That reasoning. Doesn't, I mean, I would say... I would say that Enzo actually does have a decent shot of actually making it to the final two because I I think that Nicole and Cody do realize that he's like sort of the not that he has a much better resume than Victoria, but he's sort of the Victoria of of, yeah. the, of BB sixteen, and that's like he's clearly not there. Though, although he you know he just won a HOH. Who knows who's going to win this final HOH? We're all like acting as if Cody is, is the shoe into win final HOH, right. but Enzo yeah. could win yeah. it. Yeah. He could win it. Nicole could win it. And he could There's have a case. Like, He's won a bunch of comps throughout the. the yeah, game. totally. Look, at this point, they all probably have a case. Here's one thing I want I take issue with, though. Yeah. Of like the thing of I played a loyal game. Who cares? <laughs> yeah, but also like, yeah, because everyone was working with you. You never had any any issues, anything to, um, to rub up against. There was never anyone saying like, Oh no, let's not. Except maybe I guess Janelle and Kesar, but that was like very easily squashed. Yeah. And we see it even a bit. I noticed that when, when Christmas was eventually evicted and Julie is like, Oh, are you bitter or whatever? And she's like, no, no, we're just playing a game. It's like, yeah, because all you guys had it so fucking easy the entire time. Like, right. talk to the people in the jury house, minus uh, Memphis. Like, these people, you you were like, 
so fucking mean and just exclusionary towards these people the entire time. So, of course, when like the four white blonde people get to the end, they're like, yeah, it was like really easy this time around. I just don't have any hard feelings towards anyone. It's like, yeah, you were fucking flying first class the entire time. Of course, you thought the bathrooms were nice and the service was good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like, of course, it's easy to be loyal. Sure. Yeah. You don't have to, it's like parasite, you know, (laughs) like it's easy. It's easy to be nice when you're on top of the world and you're not like scrapping, fighting for scraps at the bottom the way the other people in this house were. So I just like, whatever. Think, okay, you were loyal. (laughs) Who cares? Yeah. We Um, don't. (laughs) Do we want to talk about the jury segment at all? Um, I, felt bad for him but this was like this was the epitome of this season was like Kevin and Danny like fighting and calling each other rude about (laughs) not letting David talk while David is trying to talk (laughs) yeah like again I still think this jury sucks um wasn't particularly interesting Julie gave like a really weird intro to the jury segment where she was like, sometimes you're bitter and sometimes you're full of respect. (laughs) (laughs) Such weird copy to go into, into this segment. Yeah. I feel like maybe the, who the writer, like they just let go some of the writers for the, like they just have an intern left writing Julie's intros. It is true. Sometimes you are bitter and sometimes you are full of respect. Sometimes. Welcome back. Sometimes humans feel emotions. Some of our <laughs> some of our house guests will feel them now. Yeah. Um, so so uh, Christmas when she she gives a speech towards the end. I know. Yep. And it wouldn't be a full season without that Christmas spice, naughty and nice. <laughs> <laughs> Did you think she gave a spicy final speech? I don't. I thought it was really lame. And, um, <laughs> you know, think she leaves. We all knew it was coming. She goes out. She gets interviewed by Julie. And I just want to say she gave me my own personal shout out because oh. Julie was interviewing her. And Christmas goes, you know, I just wanted to prove to everyone who maybe watched my first season and thought I couldn't do it. I'm sure it was a great season for them. I bet it was also a really fun season for my haters. And that was, like, directed at me personally. Uh, and I just want Christmas to know, no, it wasn't, actually. It was not a fun <laughs> season for me. <laughs> and she was, also corrected Julie. Julie was like, yes, on your season two years ago. And Christmas goes, three years ago, actually. <laughs> oh, God. She's, I mean, she did. She called out Enzo. She had a little spicy. You're going to finish third place. And then. She, you know, yeah. she she made her final pitch, but ultimately, just something about how she delivered the how she delivers stuff, it just ultimately falls flat. I mean, congratulations to you, Danielle, and that I don't Thank get you. to and that I don't get to to gloat that Christmas one. I'm I'm very glad that you know, even though no heroes are winning this season, at least the true villain didn't either. I mean, with a season this bad, I would prefer a villain to win. Yeah, that's true. What, like so, last year? You know, closing the book on, on the book of Christmas. <laughs> top five player ever? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm not editing a, a millisecond of that pause. <laughs> I mean, you got she listen. got third. She got fourth. She's yeah, getting up there. The girl credit. She's getting up there. Credit. Nicole's 230 days. She's probably yeah. in the high 170s, something like that. Yeah, listen, she might be like absolutely infuriating to watch, but she clearly has social skills to get along with these people that they drag her ass on by and she wins comps. So good for her. The social skills are taking prescription painkillers. Yeah, and like talking only about herself. I know there's so much else to talk about, but like now going back to BB-19 in my mind, was she this annoying on BB-19 or was yes. she just like fucked out on Percocet? She was actually worse on BB-19. Okay. It's because BB-19 was, it's like that um that Glee meme with Jay Lynch that's like trending right now. Oh, yeah. Where it's like, I'm going to create an environment so toxic. <laughs> that's what BB-19 was. It was such a toxic environment. So, and she really fed that and was like part of that. Yeah. So she wasn't, even though I clearly had my vendetta against her this season, she wasn't as bad as that. She's just like annoying. She's you can you know these people in real life, and that's probably why it like um, triggers something immediately. So maybe some of our listeners, but like that person who's so artificial, so shallow, only talks about themselves, only wants to talk to you to see what you can do for them. Like, yeah. it's it's horrible. So, no love lost. Speaking of people who there's, like, no love lost for, personally, I would say Christmas is in that group. I would say <laughs> the restaurateur in Memphis is in that group. <laughs> yeah. I think it's kind of... So, they do this family hellos, goodbyes thing. They do this family segment at the end. So... Memphis and Christmas are the only two contestants that don't get to see their family. <laughs> I just thought that was really funny. They both have kids. Uh, you know, they their both families have, don't want to see them yeah. after, their, after their sitting on the lap noodle session or whatever happened. I, I got remember. a bit of schadenfreude out of like, you know, like even Cody, who was like, I really don't care about as a person. Uh, yeah. Like he's crying and singing. I want to talk about this. Yeah, let's talk about it. Let's talk about the hellos and the goodbyes. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Cody was like legitimately emotional at seeing his girlfriend or whatever. Right. Like we saw this with Tyler last week. We saw this with basically everyone last week in the in the jury in the jury segment. Obviously, it's different when you got kids. Enzo very emotional to see his kids. One's gonna be a banana. The other's gonna be Harry Potter. Harry Potter. <laughs> yeah. Harry, like who need like yeah Harry Potter can be a, a girl I of love course. it I love yeah, the gender great. swap Harry Potter totally. franchise they should just do eight more movies mm-hmm. I wonder what notorious anti uh, anything oh, like no. that J- <laughs> JK Rowling thing actually, Ron you know Weasley what? has a penis <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know what I actually don't care <laughs> Oh no! Sorry, sorry. Isn't it so like not to go on a tangent, but like, isn't it amazing that the most successful writer I don't know of all time who gave the world like this incredible gift of you know got kids excited to read these books that are full of magic and wonder couldn't just take her one fucking billion (laughs) dollars and shut the fuck up. Like, why do you need Twitter when you're that rich and successful? Why? Like, just go, just go live an incredible, 
incredible life. Anything you want, you could have. Why do you have to be on Twitter, opening your dummy app, and getting involved in bullshit? <laughs> I agree. I love it. I mean, I don't love <laughs> that J.K. Rowling hates trans people. Shut the fuck up, yeah. J.K. Rowling. Go live on the fucking moon. Maybe that's the announcement exactly. about the moon. Go that J.K. Rowling. Yeah, maybe J.K. Rowling is moving to the moon and we're going to blow the fucking moon up. <laughs> Just count your money and get out of here. Um, what are we talking about? So, okay. Nicole. We talked about Enzo. <laughs> we talked about Cody. Nicole, exactly. Nicole, I, I am... Um, I don't even know what to think about Nicole anymore. Enzo's poor testicles were in the apothecary <laughs> jar behind him. Enzo? He looks no Enzo Victor. Victor. Sorry, yeah, sorry. Uh, Victor <laughs> is so like neutered and like, hi baby, I miss you very much. Like here's our little puppies. He's like he doesn't have any of the. Joie de vivre that we came no. to love from Victor during really his season. Is. He's a different and, person. And like Cody is crying. Enzo's crying. And Nicole's like, yeah, yeah, cool. All right. <laughs> Just like nothing. Just like I have nothing. To say, this this only endeared me more to Nicole. <laughs> the true <laughs> ice queen. Angela yeah, she is the true ice cream. Angela is like fucking Mother Teresa compared <laughs> to Nicole's. Like, I haven't seen Victor. Maybe just Nicole doesn't want to be around Victor that much. I just, I kind of, but I love that. I love that she's like, yeah, there's my my fiance. I want to see my dogs, you know? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I, I respect that. I think it's actually very amusing. Um, and it's a fun flip on what you would normally expect of like, you know, a woman being so obsessed with her. No, instead it was the guys crying and and missing their kids and, uh, I don't know, his girlfriend, Cody's girlfriend. And then Ice Queen Nicole is like, all right, honey, let me get back to business. I'll call you later. Speaking about business, honey, um, the the Grand Royal Caribbean called <laughs> our, 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 our non-defined refundable to pause that was the thing i was like actually watching victor's message for clues because nicole is let's just admit she's quite savvy actually so i wouldn't be surprised if she told him like if i get in trouble if i do something wrong if there's a big controversy about me hold up two dogs yeah yeah or like say this or don't say that so i think there was a hidden message of like we're so proud of you Uh uh-huh Cause that was mm. the one that she, that she did a diary room session about. Like, I just really wanted to make sure that people were proud of me. Mm. And I think it was because she was like, if I'm like, depending on the level of scandal I'm involved in, like, let me know. It, it should be interesting to see. I mean, I'm, I'm just so stoked for the season to be over. It's like, wait on yeah. me. I mean, I enjoy doing the podcasts, but of like <laughs> for the fans. It's just hard to watch because we're watching once a week and I don't know about you, but I'm like, oh yeah, these people. And I'm like, I can't believe they're still in that fucking house. Like oh, life, God, has, yeah. life has moved on for me. And yet they're there. Stop. <laughs> I know. And it's like, this has been going on since the last week of June, something like that. Or no, sorry. First week of August. How could I forget? Yeah. It was yeah, our birthday. Yeah, late, but still. But still like, you know. Just even in my own personal life, it's like shit's happened like a month ago. And I'm like, that was 2020? That yeah. felt like fucking 1983. That felt yeah. like so long ago. 
Anyways, as always, listeners, Danielle, everyone, yes. always live in truth and love. Mm, yes. <laughs> and people are full of respect or they're bitter. <laughs> um, let's Sometimes see the in the house, it is daytime and other times it is nighttime. Mm. Sorry. That was Before bad. we jump to other topics, I want to get to some questions. And there really aren't, I don't know, are there spoilers? Uh, there are spoilers. We know who won the first part of the, the, the HOH competition. Who? Spoilers, Nicole. All right. Good for her. Yeah. That's good. Um, okay. Well, great. It'll so, be interesting to see if like Cody's on the sideline. Like, everyone's like penciled in Cody's the final HOH. I don't know why. Right. Um, maybe Enzo wins. Should be maybe. interesting. I mean, Cody could just be sitting there drinking a Tom Collins. Mm. And just because he knows either way, he's going to a final two. We'll see. I was watching something that made a big deal about a Tom Collins recently. Was it Trial of Chicago 7? Yeah, we'll get to it. <laughs> okay. From Coco Set, just a comment. Even the winner is a loser. This whole season is a loss. Love Correct. that. And then this, I love this question. Morgan E. Dunn wants to know, Danny, I've been waiting for months to hear your review of Janelle's face cream. Because as every Hey Julie listener oh. knows, I was very invested in Janelle's skincare regime because her skin is absolutely flawless. Were you invested in it in that you like dropped $1,400 on a, on like a three ounce tube? No, thank God my birthday happened and I was gifted a, a late but very appreciated tub of La Mer uh, cream, face cream. And I don't know how much it is. I think it's, you look it up. Tell me how much it is. It's probably how a couple hundred dollars. L-A-M-E-R. Oh, gosh. L how much? Hold on. L-E-M-A-R? No, L-A-M-E-R. <laughs> Two words. <laughs> La mer. Oh, like the sea. Yes, exactly. Sea. Oh, that's Sephora. All right. All right. How We're much? getting there. So, like, did you get a tub of the moisturizing cream? Yeah, I got a tub. Hold on. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> oh, the standard size, one out. Oh, how many ounces? One ounce, two ounce, 3.4? I'm going to say 3.4. $510. All right. So, the one Let ounce tub is 192 is 345 3.4 is 510 I honestly feel like I probably got the 345 one. Okay. Like a medium sized one. Yeah. I don't Either know. way. But it's expensive as hell. Yeah. Am I going to spend my own money to continue this regime? No. But do I enjoy the, it is a very luxe cream. It is thick and juicy and it, um, it spreads very evenly. It's, it's, the scent is gorgeous. So I think it's a very nice treat. Again, am I buying it again for myself? No. But do, if you want to feel like Janelle and feel like you deserve nothing but the best in the world, then yeah, um, I would recommend like stealing a sample. Oh, yeah. Or like, so I've seen this move where you go to, <laughs> you go to the uh, duty free at the uh, old mm. international terminal and you're just like, Squirt, squirt. I'm going to try. Oh, and some salesman comes over. Saleswoman comes over. Oh, no, I'm good. I was just trying it out. Just got a free, 
free couple dabs from the from the the sample section in the airport. Dab 3.9, 3.9 out of 5 stars on sephora.com. Some Yeah. I like it. I mean, I think most skincare is kind of a scam and it mostly all comes down to like sleep, stay out of the sun, drink water. water. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But it's fun to listen. It's fun to try new products. Question from Matt May 81. Was it just me or did it seem like Devon was throwing extra shade at Memphis when he came into the jury house? Was it just that she didn't want to spend a week in jury house with him? She had to be happy he was out, right? Yeah, I mean, no one was excited to see Memphis. Like Memphis, yeah, no one wants to hang out with him. He sucks. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he sucks, and they, and Christmas is there too. Like, I bet the I bet the the jury house was fun for the last few weeks, but Memphis gets there, and then Christmas gets here, and it's like, oh, great, mom and dad are home. Dad's yeah, exactly. snoring on the couch. He's snoring loudly and napping. And if you try to change the channel, he'll be like, I was watching that. And then Christmas is like. You know, she's on whatever the fuck drugs she's on, and she's like bossing people around and telling people about her app and talking about her leg. Oh, God. The time I broke my leg. Trying to get people to buy into her MLM scheme. Yeah. See, that's how you know I just had an opportunity. If I was a true um, conniving person, I could have been like, yeah, Lamira's great. You know what else is great? My special skincare where I need you to buy $500 worth of product, listeners, and then sell it to your own friends. But I'm not. I'm not like. Also, you're, you know, Janelle is a realtor. She's mm. pounding the pavement seven days a week. She's showing, she's like, oh, this has got three and a half, but this has got three and a half bathrooms. This is like a little, this could be a nursery. She's out there all the time. She's selling the homes, but she's selling herself and mm. she's selling the people on their future, on their new lives. She's and having the Janelle experience. Exactly. Like the guys, the ladies want a beer. The guys want to get with her. Like she's showing, she's showing the couple, the new home that they're going to move into with the, the baby bump and the, and the, the, the kids on the way and stuff. And the woman's like, Oh, maybe I could be like her. And the mm-hmm. guy's like, oh, if I buy this house, maybe she'll give me a smooch on the side. <laughs> you know? So you got to invest in the $540, 3.4 ounce tub of a oh, lamer. absolutely. And it's just, it's like you see Janelle and you're like, oh my gosh, she takes back good care of herself. I know she's going to take care of me yeah. working for my house. And maybe I'll take care of this house. Like maybe I won't burn down the last house like I did because <laughs> I'm a fucking idiot. <laughs> Um, One River Mike wants to know, also, have you seen the new Big Brother The Game app that is on iPhone and Android that lets you pick an avatar and play a Big Brother game? One River Mike, are you an inventor of this app? (laughs) That's a very, like, pitchy way to to send it to us. I haven't Um, seen it. Yeah, I haven't seen it either. I mean, I actually know. I've seen a couple tweets about it, um, but I haven't actually downloaded it or played it or looked at it at all now. Isn't there um, a very I, popular Big Brother game happening right now called Among Us? Now, guys, should Brett and I pull an AOC? Yes. <laughs> and play Among Us? Yes, let's Twitch? do it. I haven't played it. I haven't played it. Let's do it. I haven't either, but I watched when she played and um, it looks very fun. It looks very fun. I know you got to call people sus. I know. That's, it's so that's... sus. Uh, but, and you can't be orange. Orange is sus. Oh, okay. Uh, but it looked really fun. 
from Matt May. Oh no, sorry. Uh, from Marco Patino. Have you heard the rumors about celebrity big brother coming back this winter? Who would you like to see in the cast? Perhaps Thomas Middleditch. <laughs> he's too big. He's too he's big. Too, he's too sexually in need. Oh <laughs> yeah, he's too busy having multiple partners. I you know who Which I would actually fine. like to see? Bobby Moynihan. And what I thought this word was. No, not Bobby Moynihan. <laughs> I thought the words Thomas Middleditch were the Mandalorian. Oh, and I yeah. was like, you know who'd be great? Baby Yoda. Baby Yoda would win. <laughs> oh, yeah, we got it's a week till the Mando starts. Uh, I mean, I didn't watch BB Celeb US 2. I didn't watch it. Um, I only watched a little. I I don't know. I if it, I mean, are there... I mean, nothing's shooting right now. Even if you're like Tom Hanks and you get $25 million of... I, mean, I know he already had the COVID, but like... Nobody's nothing's shooting. Like maybe there are more celebrities who are like, shit, my day job. I don't know when my day job's coming back. They better. Celebrities are wilding out in the worst ways. They're all acting a fool. So they need to they need a job. They need containment. They need to be sent away. What if we just got all of the people who were in the Imagine video with Natalie Portman mm -hmm. and Gal Gadot on <laughs> this season? That. that would be a huge get. Send them away. Um <laughs> From from One River Mike again, was the random fight the worst segment on Big Brother ever? What was worse or comes close to or or comes close to being worse? So I think that must be about the Christmas fight, right? No, it wasn't because I responded to this oh. from the at Hey Julie BB account. Cause I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? This oh. Is the Christmas thing? He's like, no, there was like some there was some luxury comp thing with like a video game. I I don't know. I said, we're casuals. Um, we probably didn't see this. We're casuals. We don't it, know. We don't know that fight. If it wasn't on the Thursday night episode and it wasn't in the five minute intro of like what's been going on in the house the last month, then yeah, I don't so, know about it. So that's tough. But um, but we still thank you for the question. Thank you for thinking we're not casuals. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Just adjust. Um, don't adjust your bar. Like keep sending us questions. No. even if We know yeah. we love the questions. We love the engagement. But we just um, don't know. Yeah, we just don't know. From Sir Duke, do you think they'll haul the jury back to set with masks while Julie stares apprehensively or zoom them in? Great question. This has been the be biggest zoomed. thing. This has been the what? biggest, this has been my biggest question all year. It's like they committed to like doing the masks thing on the stage. Like, I yeah. think they're all going to be fucking sitting there with masks except for Julie. Remember, like, when this started, we were watching Survivor. When COVID-19 started, we were watching Survivor. This is true. If you can, if you can imagine. And Remember Tiger King? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Did you know, Carol Baskin, bisexual. <laughs> Not surprised. Um, she lives, so she's a free spirit. Maybe you'll hook her up with Middle Ditch. Yeah, there you go. But now she should be, I mean, she should be on Celebrity Big Brother. But so the question, but so they did a Zoom reunion or a Zoom like reveal for the winner for Survivor. And so that, I don't see why they wouldn't do that for this. But that was, so that was a long time ago. That was yeah, approximately 18 fucking years ago. That was like April. That was like, we don't know what's going on. We don't know if you wearing a mask is good. We don't know 
if you go outside, if you drop fucking dead. Like, I think there's now a, obviously, like, companies don't want to risk, like, getting people sick and potentially dying. But I think Mm -hmm. there's a general understanding now of, like, you know, if everyone's masked and the testing is such that we can kind of test people relatively quickly now, like, seems like they'll just probably test everybody and put them there. And I I would just imagine everyone will be there with a mask on. They're figuring it out, though. I mean, they have a much bigger stage this year. Everyone's more spread out. There's a very minimal amount of on-set, you know, crew. We'll see. Honestly, that's going to be the most surprising thing is, like, what they do for that. I don't even care about who wins. They'll zoom in the pre-jury people. Oh, yeah. 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 Nicole Anthony's not flying in from Long Island. They're not paying for that. Um, and then based on a joke my fiance made last night. Oh, congratulations. You- <laughs> Humble brag. Humble no, but brag. actually congratulations because he's engaged to Nicole. We love Nicole. Hi. I'm Mike and Nicole. Um, <laughs> do you think do you think Outback is sad? They're Ooh. probably not getting that sweet, sweet product placement this year. Oh, a callback to Survivor. I mean, well, also. Oh, hold on. Were they doing Outback stuff on Big? Oh, yeah, they were doing Outback they stuff. Do them, they do them on every, every CBS show has like a restaurant where it's like, <laughs> oh, Chili's. The luxury comp is like a meal at Chili's in the backyard. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, so what was it on? What were we joking about on Survivor? Was that Applebee's? It's like <laughs> braised <laughs> corn. <laughs> Wait, I, I honestly don't remember. Ranch what dip. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was like, like so boring. Jeff just kept going <laughs> and kept being like, "And don't forget to serve <laughs> hot apple pie." <laughs> like, yes. and yes, this trademark sizzling brownies with caramel sauce. <laughs> and he like kept revealing the dishes. Uh, yeah, it's. Hey, like I, I bet the food you, the, eating the food is boring, and especially if you're on slop in Big Brother. But it's like, it's not like you're like, I'm having a quarter cup of rice today, and maybe someone will kill a baby shark, and that like, that's yeah. I'll fucking eat, I'll eat a fucking fajita. Then I'll kill for a fajita. But if you're like in Studio City and you're just like eating hamburgers and pizza and, and like normal shit, and they're like Outback, it's like we had we ordered an Outback three nights ago. The intern came in and slid their phone through the wall. And we just did a DoorDash. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, from Hamsteris, getting my question in early. What are your thoughts on JCM's six necklaces? Well, thank you for that intel because. Again, we 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 discussed already, we, and thank you for confirming it was six necklaces. That's a lot of layering going on. That's like the type of thing I would wear in like middle school or high school. Just like loved jewelry. Now I'm much more minimal. All right, I have I have some I have some insights here on six. Okay. Six is represented by a set of character traits and attributes which are both positive and negative. A balance to number six is one of the most harmonious of all numbers, and its vibration is one of compassion, understanding, warmth, harmony, romance, sacrifice, and love. Some of the more negative attributes of six relate to the positives. The urge to care for and protect close friends and family members can be seen as overprotective if taken to the extreme. And and it could be six can be smothering and meddlesome. 
Six is also the name of the best friend character on Blossom. Oh. <laughs> There's so much. There's so, so much. So much. Um, I also, I want to, even though I'm disgusted by this comment, I'm going to read it. From George Sings, 96. With the sad demise of my girl Christmas, it's now pretty much game, set, match to Cody. And how can the finale take place safely? Wow. How dare you, sir? How dare a Christmas stan come into my podcast mentions? Danielle, look at me right now. We're looking at each other. I promise you that is not my burner account. It is, uh, how can they do it safely? Well, I think we discussed like probably with the <clears throat> masks and staying far away or over Zoom, that should work. Yeah, I mean, we've spent way too fucking long talking about Big Brother. I mean, we, we're getting to questions and we love questions, but like there's some stuff to talk about. There's a lot of stuff. We're, we're like not even halfway through the episode. I, I hope you I know, that's the thing. We had so much else, other things to discuss. So that's Big Brother, and if you listen for Big Brother, that's it. We're done. But keep listening, because <coughs> honestly, we've been on autopilot this entire time. <laughs> and now we're really going to get fired up. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So it's been, after a summer of <laughs> summer of sadness, it's the, it's the autumn of Sorkin. Mm. I wanted to say summer of Sorkin, but it's October 23rd. <laughs> Unfortunately, that, yeah. So we both watched The Trial of Chicago 7. Danielle, if you're not a, if, if you're not an avid listener, if you're a casual, if you're a Hey Julie casual, you may not know that Danielle loves the movie Molly's Game. Yes. Which I is also, where this mutual obsession also, of Sorkin has like hit a crossroads. I do not like that film, but I do enjoy generally the works of Sorkin. Well, Social Network is probably one of my top five favorite movies of all time. That movie's awesome. Yeah. A Few Good Men is very, very, very good. Very the good. first four seasons of The West Wing, where he was just doing coke all night and writing the episodes. <laughs> Fantastic. But then there are the missteps, which oh. I wish there are many. <laughs> okay. And, and Molly's Game is not in that category? No, Molly's Game is so good. And I really think that it, it, you deserve to, it, it deserves another watch, frankly, by you. Uh, Charlie Wilson's War, where are we? Is that Sorkin? Yeah, it's good. Uh, it's like fine. Um, the the Steve... only part of that movie I remember is Julia Roberts applying her fake eyelashes with a, um, a sharp, what's it called? A, not a bobby pin one of the, a paper not a paper clip it's sharp what's it called when it fastens a, a brad no <laughs> i don't know i don't know but that's how she applies her eyelashes and it's very scary okay go on i remember uh, philip seymour hoffman was very good in that movie sure. steve jobs directed by danny boyle no this is a this is an absolute flop I actually think the Steve Jobs movie is a very close comp to no. Charlie Wilson's War, which okay, I will get yeah, into later. Charlie Wilson's War. No, not Charlie Wilson's War. Sorry. To the trial of the Chicago 7. <laughs> I think there are some analogs. I think there is a connecting fiber between how these movies were written. Mm. What else is Sorkin? Um, well, 
so, the studios, studio 60 on the sunset strip. See, that's the thing, but that don't, don't just gloss over that. That is a very important part of the oeuvre because oh. that is the start of everyone realizing, wait a minute, this guy is a little high on his own horse and thinks he's so great and actually sucks in many ways as well. Uh, I forgot he wrote Moneyball. Yeah, Moneyball. I mean, I, I, I think a lot of people wrote Money. Steven Zalian wrote Moneyball too. A lot of people wrote Moneyball. Um, so and then I, finally, yeah, okay, newsroom. <laughs> the newsroom. Don't gloss over the newsroom. Don't Captain, we got him. Newsroom. We killed Osama bin Laden. <laughs> Like, and then don't even get me started about Sorkin in his personal life, okay? Where, like, he's very condescending. He's a man could bring co- a man could, who said it's illegal to bring cocaine to LAX. Who says sure. so? The laws? What laws? What country? Sure. sure. I want to speak to a lawyer. <laughs> I'm not even mad at that. <laughs> I'm more mad at how he treats, he, he hates the internet. Uh, okay. Well, he's an old man. But he like treats it as if, and this is like a problem with a lot of boomers, is they still think that anyone who uses the internet or like has posted on a message board, and that's what they think. They, they think the internet is like message boards. <laughs> They're like, they must be like disgusting little trolls. They should all try reading a book. Have they ever heard of Marcel Proust or whatever? <laughs> like, they're just like this type of intellectual liberal who like, sure, he's very talented and makes content that I love, but like the, has such a total misunderstanding of any kind of technology or frankly, often humor that I'm like, how the hell did this happen? Because he writes some funny lines, you know? Yeah. Yeah, but it's all very like, who's on first sort of stuff. <laughs> Which is maybe like why everything yeah. he writes should take place in 1969. Like maybe it's just thinking. <laughs> yeah. He's just like such, he's such a boomer. He's, he's liberal, sure, but like cringe liberal. So let, let's dive into this movie a bit. Uh, okay. You loved it, right? You liked it? I did love it. That's the thing. I was going in ready to like, because as you can tell from this conversation, I swing very widely from like Sorg and Stan for Molly's Game and Social Network to Absolute Hater. And that's the thing about Aaron Sorkin is he's just, he's really fucking good. <laughs> he's so good. So This movie was so good. I thought it was, I thought it was fine. Like also I, I see one new movie every six months now. Like I, I don't know, last movie, that's a new movie I saw was Palm Springs. <laughs> Maybe mm. like, by the way, Palm Springs should be the like front runner for best picture this year. Like I just, you know, wow. <laughs> what have you, what else is out there? What new movies have come out? Wow. Hubie Halloween. <laughs> that's, that's going to be a no. I only watched half of Borat too. I, I, you know, I'm resorting judgment until I see Giuliani. I mean, Paul's. I'm also only, I'm going to watch Borat too tonight. Probably. I, um, I'm mostly watching old movies as well. But I think Trial of Chicago 7 was just very strong. Didn't you find it compelling? Like, it was long, and I had to stop it at a certain point to go do something, and I was like, damn, I don't want to stop. I want to see how this plays out. I did. Um, so, like, <laughs> I I just thought there was... Uh, I th There was one thing that I thought was, like, really saccharine throughout the movie, and it ends up 
spoilers for this movie. I'm sorry. We're going to talk about it. It ends up being yes. like the final moment of the film. <laughs> but like, there's just lots of stuff. It's like, I just did, can't imagine any human being actually acting like this in real life. And this is based on a true story. And I don't like there's court transcripts. I just can't imagine like the actual transcripts of like what's going on in the court. This yeah. movie is a fucking court. Like five minutes into this movie, we're at the trial and we're in the yeah. trial for two hours and 10 minutes. We're cutting to other stuff. This movie, it's not even like fucking a few good men where it's like, all right, they don't even start the trial until halfway through the movie. It's all about the trial prep and this and that. Yeah. No. This movie has a good title. Because it's called the trial of Chicago Seven, <laughs> and the movie is ninety five percent trial. Yeah, but it's such a compelling trial, and it is notorious. And okay, go on. I might be biased in the fact that I was in in high school, my junior year in high school. <laughs> I was in a play called Inherit the Wind. Are you familiar <laughs> with Inherit the Wind, Danielle? No, but I love this is the root of your bias. <laughs> the Heron the Wind is, it is a Sorkin-esque, <laughs> probably written in the 50s, Sorkin-esque uh, theatrical courtroom drama about the Scopes monkey trial in which a teacher in rural Tennessee was teaching evolution in the early 20th century and uh, obviously like the locals were like, Man didn't have sex with no monkey. <laughs> and there was a trial and it was and Clarence Darrow, who, in real life, a very famous lawyer in American history, defended the school teacher who was like, I'm I'm not teaching my teaching creationism. It was as anyways, but it's like very much a play. They very much do it in high schools all around <laughs> the fucking country. And there's a lot of like quippiness between the prosecution, <laughs> the defense, the judge, and the fourth lead is who you are truly played, a wise cracking reporter who's come to town from the big city, who's like shouting out stuff at the, at the judge. I was wondering what part you played because I was really loving picturing like 14 year old Brett in his little suit, little, <laughs> little briefcase. As a lawyer, like, Your Honor, <laughs> may I approach You're it? a crook, Captain Hook. <laughs> Judge, won't you throw the gun <laughs> at the uh, So it was just very much like that, especially the stuff with uh, like Sasha Baron Cohen and Jeremy Strong were like, the, the judge says something and Sasha Baron Cohen's like, whoop-de-doo, fart. <laughs> Like, what the fuck is this movie? And then at the same time, you have whatever fucking movie Eddie Redmayne is in. And he's and then he and his friend are like, what are you doing? I'm writing down the names of every soldier who died in the <laughs> Vietnam War, man. And I'm like, what the fuck? Just gotta remember why we're doing this, man. And it was Do you just, remember? Wait, we're glossing past this. <laughs> Do you remember what your big laugh line was from In Here at the Wind? No, I don't remember a single line from that show. Damn it. Okay, fine. I do remember. This is going to be funny. So my best friend Josh played the judge in it. And my, <laughs> and, and my best friend Josh, uh, interesting fella, uh, he he was dropping out of high school. He's he's like brilliant. He's like, he's a brilliant guy. He's like so smart. He just like couldn't handle high school. So he dropped. He 
dropped out of high school in junior year and sure. just moved to LA and just like did shit. So he knew he was dropping out of high school and he's playing the judge and he's sitting at the damn at the damn desk where the judge sits. And like a week before, he told the director, he's like, I'm just gonna put the script here. I'm just gonna <laughs> and he just read his lines because he was sitting at a desk with a little uh, podium the entire time. I, was, I don't remember my lines. It was good times. Uh, That's so what were we talking about? What were we talking well, about? Here's the thing. The trial of Chicago 7 actually was like this. And I, no, I haven't read the transcript, but I went to read the research. Up- <laughs> I went and read afterwards, like, fat, fun facts about it. Because first of all, I didn't know anything about this trial at all. Like, they don't teach teach this trial in no, me too. history. I was like waiting for the sentencing. I was like the, the, the you know, the end of the trial. I'm like, what's going to happen? Because like, you yeah. could have told me these guys all died in prison. And I was like, <laughs> fuck, yeah. man. I would have yeah, believed it. Yeah, it was bullshit. Yeah, it's, it was total bullshit. Very relevant. But um, I went and read and apparently there was like an incredible line in the real trial that the guy who wears the glasses says to the judge where he says like the nerdy guy who is a red man, the nerd like any red man's no. nerdy friend. Yes, the nerdy friend. He he says to the judge like, "You sir are all that's toxic and poison, old and ugly with this country, and the people sitting at this table are going to eat you alive." Oh. Like he said something like, "I'm totally paraphrasing, but it was something that intense." So I was actually like, "Why wasn't that included in the script? Because that's a great line." Yeah, I know, like. Also, yeah. Did you know that Eddie Redmayne's character in real life, Mary Jane Fonda? I was doing a bit of research beforehand, so I was just a little bit. I I enjoyed it. There was some like really like rapturous stuff, like this montage Mm -hmm. that's opening the movie, and they were kind of introducing all the characters at once, and the dialogue is flowing into each other. We have numerous sections, uh, including the end, which is which which doesn't even happen in the. In the court, it happens when they're at like the house and like regrouping the night before, you know, one of the days of the trial where uh, Mark Rylance and and uh, Mark Rylance and Eddie Redmayne are going back and doing the pretend deposition and stuff yeah. about the the night that the, the big riot happened. And there's some really it's just like cut so well. And it honestly reminded me of the second act of Steve Jobs. The oh, second act, if you remember, the second act of Steve Jobs <laughs> is when. <laughs> uh, Steve Jobs Michael and Fast Jeff da- yeah, Fassbender and Jeff Daniels are going back and forth and it's like every single line is a different cut and it's like taking place and they're kind of having a fight in two different times and each dialogue each line of dialogue cuts to like this one of two different uh, times that they're having this fight and when Jeff uh, Jeff Daniels is firing Steve Jobs and then the other time when I guess in the present of the of the film when they're having a fight about some product release or whatever. But it reminded me of that. Like there was some like fast paced good shit in this movie, but it also like does the Sorkin thing. It like gets really saccharine the next minute. And it feels sometimes like it just felt, it felt like a high school play at some times. And granted, right. it's because I was in the Scopes Monkey that- Trial play. <laughs> um, yeah, that's sort of his beat, honestly, is um, you got to you gotta let Sorkin just go full To Kill a Mockingbird. And I know he did a version of that for Broadway. And that's but, just what he was put on Earth to do. I mean, no, I think he was put on Earth to have, col- like, to have collaborators. Because to your point, 
social network is his best thing. And I bet David Fincher, who's like a more, yeah, like (laughs) maybe there was some saccharine line in there about like, maybe we're the faces and the book is, I don't know, whatever, something stupid. David Fincher's like, this line fucking sucks. I'm cutting (laughs) it from my movie because I'm, I'm God here. And we're going to do 97 takes of this shot. Like, I don't know if like having, having, a level above Sorkin, having one person overseeing Sorkin and editing out that stuff might have helped a little bit. I enjoyed it. I do want to talk about some of the performances, if you don't mind. Yeah, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on um, a very serious turn from Sasha Baron Cohen. Huge weekend for Sasha Baron Cohen. Huge. He's got this. It's Borat too. He's like doing pranks on TikTok <laughs> right <laughs> he now. He's like... Good, good on him. Good on him. Good on Amazon. Yeah. Just like, okay, okay, dude, fucking here's a fake mustache. Here's a suit. Just go <laughs> fuck around with people on the internet uh, yeah. to promote this movie. I enjoyed this movie despite the fact that I did not really enjoy many of the lead performances. Wow. Sasha Baron. So the first thing I noticed in this movie is like the first there's like a bunch of archival footage to start off the film. And then the first time we actually see characters in this movie, it's like the college uh, Democrat club or whatever. And then it steps Eddie Redmayne who looks like a 50 year old woman. They all looked old as hell. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know if it's because they shot this in 4k HDR or whatever, but all this, so I had to look it up. I I needed to look up how old the characters were at the time. So all the characters are like 30, 31, 32, 33. Eddie Redmayne is 38. Joseph Gordon-Levitt is 39. Jeremy Strong is 41. Sasha Baron Cohen is hold on to your butts. He's almost turning 50. He's older than Memphis. If you can believe it. Holy and he's married to Isla Fisher. Of course he is. A comedic duo that can't be stopped in Hollywood yeah, or abroad. Um, I I hear that and I had the same exact like that was the thing. The first five minutes of the movie, I was like, oh my god, I'm gonna be able to rip this apart with bread. Yeah. It's gonna be so good. Yeah. And then and then it was actually good, so I was not able to do that. But I was like, why the hell? Is old ass ready ready Medwayne <laughs> Eddie Redmi playing a college student? Like just having the word student near his his little lower third that he got, I was like, oh gosh. So I don't think he's not- an actual student at the time. Like I think he runs the students' organization, but still. Right. Still. Yeah, I, I don't know. And so Eddie Redmayne is just a guy I just don't I just don't get. I, I just don't know what it seems like every movie he's in, he's in some other movie where he's like mumbling and twitchy and just like doing this weird I, Eddie Redmayne thing. I just don't get it with him. I don't really either because everything I've seen him in, it's like lame is. Yeah. So that movie sucked. Right. He was in that, wasn't he? He was. Yeah. He's one of the like 40 guys in the end. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and it's like, who cares? If you're not if you're not Russell Crowe as Javert, what do I care? <laughs> Two, four, six, oh, one. He was, like, <laughs> <laughs> he was in like um, the Harry Potter Grindelwald. Yeah, movies, the, which yeah I the, don't pay attention to that. No, I, they they by all accounts are bad movies, and he and his performance in them is like 
notably weird and like bad. And he like mumbles around and like pulls yeah, like rats out know, of his bag. I don't know who he's for, really. Yeah, I don't I don't totally enjoy seeing him. I don't totally enjoy Joseph Gordon Levitt either. Wow. Interesting. How do you feel about that? So here's the thing. I actually don't really stand Joseph Gordon-Levitt either, except for the fact that he's been missing for so long. To see him was a shock. And it was a shock of delight, I will say. Uh, he's interesting, but I, I, it's that's the most interesting thing about him is that he was like in Inception and like he was in every all these movies. And then he made the movie where he jerks off all the time and, and, mm -hmm. and him and Scarlett Johansson have like thick, like thick Jersey accents and shit. And it's <laughs> yeah. like... Is he the next fucking like Orson Welles? Right. And then he disappears and he's like on Twitter all the time and he just like plays these milk toast characters. I don't know. I just, I don't know. I, I didn't care. He and was Jeremy, fine. I just was like, there's no way this character would be like this in real life. So why are they trying to make, why would they even try to make that character seem decent? That character was probably a piece of shit. And they gave him like this nice scene where he's like, here, honey, go give money to that poor person. I loved and that like, scene so much. <laughs> I love that scene so much because it had so much like weird exposition that made no sense where he's like, here, here's this dollar. Give it to those musicians over there. And here's a quarter. He's just, why don't you go buy those nuts that your mom doesn't let you eat? And it's like, who <laughs> fucking cares? Like, why? Like, <laughs> Yeah, it was such a weird like uh, thing to extend to that character that was putting these people on trial. So fuck him. Um, Jeremy Strong. We must talk about Jeremy Strong. I love Jeremy Strong. I think his performance on on Succession is one of the most like brilliant like acting performances we've got going right now. Yeah. But it was like he was like on an SNL sketch and he was great and funny. And every time <laughs> he did something, I laughed and I'm like, what fucking movie is this? It's like a high school play. You needed he was you. That's where you would have played. Oh. The wise cracking. No, I uh, I was like the Sasha Baron Cohen character, the like, but he wasn't on trial. Like, so imagine if like, mm. yeah, imagine if the Sasha Baron Cohen character was just like, a, like a big city journalist who was just coming into town to like be a muckraker, make I fun of the, the locals. I I liked that. Per I liked his performance, and I actually thought it could have been much worse and more charactery, and it was um, actually quite grounded. Oh, uh -huh. that's what I thought. And then the final. Well, another performance I just want to bring up is my man, Frank Langella. Oh, yeah. As the judge. I thought it was great. Yeah. I mean, he was a, he was a some bitch mm -hmm. in that. Um, to bring it back to your initial thing, like Sasha Baron Cohen, he just, like, I don't think he does like a great American. Like, the guy's obviously. His like, accent. Oh, my God. Horrible. The guy's obviously a brilliant performer. Like, wasn't he sure. nominated for an Oscar for Borat? The first time around, I think he was at least nominated for a Golden Globe for Best Actor. He is clearly one of the most brilliant performers to grace the fucking second half of the 20th century and first half of the 21st century. Like He's truly our Charlie Chaplin. Incredibly so. But like maybe he shouldn't be playing like Americans in prestige courtroom dramas. Well, that's the thing. His accent was horrible, but I really thought the rest was very good. Yeah. Performers I did like. Mm. Uh, Angela was good. Our, your boy, Michael Keaton, coming off the bench for two scenes. 
<laughs> love that. I saw, I turned when when it was revealed that he was the the DA or whatever. Um, I turned to my husband and I went, "Oh, it's about to get good," because I knew that there was no way they were, they got Michael Keaton to fly into set for five minutes and they flew to do his scenes, and he wasn't going to be some sort of hero character. I knew it, so I was like, "Let's just see how this unfolds." I know it's going to be good. And I wanted to see so much more of this character. <clears throat> Not my Yahya Abdul Abdul Mateen, fucking awesome oh, as Bobby yeah. Seal, like. So he was really great. Did you watch Watchmen at all on HBO? No. He was really fantastic on that, but I'd never seen him in anything before. And his performance on that is like, because of the character, it's like a little bit, like, it's just a little bit inward. It's a little bit dull and that's on purpose. And that's like part of the show and part of his character. But Yaya Abdul-Mateen was just like really fantastic. I, I was like, and I was like, man, like, you know what? Give this guy a fucking Oscar. I was like ready to hand this guy an Oscar for the movie. He's kind of only in the first half of it. Like after, I mean, he still yeah. could. Like we've seen, we've seen people get win Oscars for less screen time. Much than, less. He was uh, fabulous. And well, I mean, I was mostly just shocked at like the actual content and the fact that this actually happened. I was like, how is this possible? I was in disbelief the way the characters were, where they were like, how is this happening in an American court system? Someone's bound and gagged. So I was just. He, he was wonderful, but yeah, it was, the content was a little upsetting. I mean, th this year, the last two years, I've had so much, so much content that's like weirdly prescient. Like, mm, you know, hey, if, you're, if you're, if you're bored, you got nothing to watch coming up soon, watch Watchmen. Came out in late 2019 and you're going to be like, oh, holy shit. Holy shit. Because it's a very 2020 show. It's like very much about the issues of policing, masks, race, whole like so much shit going on. You know, mm -hmm. race in America, so much shit going on. This one too, policing, rioting, race in America, police brutality. Like, well, fuck it. When did they the shoot this movie? When did they shoot this serve? movie? Yeah. Clearly in 2019. Holy shit! Like I, I you know, and again, and Mark Rylance, like just. All star, oh, the, guy. the big, the big fucking giant. Yeah, yeah we do love the big, <laughs> the big fucking giant in this house. Um, well, I'm glad we both enjoyed at least a little bit that sh that movie because it was very good. Um, I feel like we should save the rest for another episode. Yeah, I'm sorry, we've taken up too much time. Um, we had some trailers to talk about. Uh, we'll save that for next week. But we got through the Chicago Seven. I know I seemed critical of it. I'd still, I'd still say it was. A, I'd recommend it as a watch if you got nothing else going on. I absolutely recommend it, especially oh, yeah. because we're really hard up for content these days for this, for high quality. And it's just, it's a long movie, but it's still, it goes by pretty, pretty quick. It's only two ten. It's not yeah. terrible. It's not like two, two ten is not long. I mean, two forty five is like, whoa, Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> It's like if it's between this and the Friday night episode of Big Brother, definitely watch Trial of Chicago 7. Hey, but last night, last night was Thursday night. Uh, there was a very bad football game between two very bad teams. And there was a presidential debate, which I was certainly not going to watch. No. And I'm like, let me sit down with my friends to Chicago 7 and learn <laughs> about them and who they are and what they stand for yeah. and all sorts of stuff. So we'll get to some other lighter shit next week. We have a 
BB finale this week, but we'll be back next Friday afternoon, evening, I would imagine, and uh, recap the end of BB 22. Thank God, sweet release. Uh, whatever else is happening in pop culture. We'll Anything back. else? That's it. I just want to say bye, Julie. Bye, Julie.